0: Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me today is the national NBA columnist for the Washington Post, Tim Bontemps. What up, Vernon? Hey, man. How's it going?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm getting ready to go down to the uh, to the deep south, your neck of the woods.
0: Before you're going to the deep south, last night you were a witness to the Kings and the and the Warriors, and it looked like the Warriors might just coast into the All Star break. Draymond Green gets thrown out of the game, and then they came out in the second half and drop the hammer i guess they they weren't done playing just yet and had a 22 to 0 run which is something you uh you don't normally see when you head to the arena every night
1: yeah you know like that game last night verno it kind of was emblematic of their entire season where the first half they just didn't really give a crap like they haven't given a crap most of the season despite the fact that they're 46 and nine or whatever their record is and uh and then they had, you know, about a 10 minute burst in the third quarter where they started to care and they went on like a 38 to 9 run overall and outscored the Kings at 1.22 zip over, like you said, I think about a five minute stretch, five and a half minute stretch. And the game was over. And they've, they've, most of their games this year have been like that. Obviously, you know, when they played the Thunder the other night, uh, when they played the Thunder all three times, actually, and they played the Clippers and they played the Lakers after they lost to so them, the, when they played the Cavs, there's been a few games that they've really been up for, but, I mean, a lot of the time they've just kind of coasted along and and cruised to one win after another, which, you know, has surprised me a little bit and also also says that, you know, when they get when they get to the playoffs, you know, and they they have to get up for every game, you would think that this team bar injury is gonna be pretty unstoppable.
0: Do you think they have any Achilles heel?
1: Not honestly, not really. I mean, other than, other than injury, like anything, but I mean, if they're healthy, like as long as they, as long as they play up to their cape, up to their level, I, I just don't see how, I just don't see how they're going to lose to anybody. I mean, you, you, you just kind of see that whenever they've um, like the only times they've, they've lost games like that this year, like the, the Cavs game or the game against your Grizzlies in Oakland, it's like they, they kind of, they've shut off towards the end of the game. So maybe, maybe you could say that, that they, uh, they could get a little tight down the stretch of some games. But, I mean, even that seems like a a bit of a stretch when you've got, you know, the four All-Stars they've got to throw on the court for 38 or 40 minutes a game in the playoffs.
0: Do you view them in a total class by themselves, or do you think the Spurs deserve to be in the same conversation with the Warriors?
1: So that's a great question. I was thinking about that the other day when I was looking at the schedule. Um, so I might go down to the game in San Antonio next month when they finally play again uh, for the first time since the, the Spurs blew them out on opening night. Um, I, I think that the, the Warriors are in kind of a, a, a following by themselves at this point it, it, for, as, for as well as the Spurs have played and as good as Kawhi Leonard has been in particular. Um, I, I think you have to kind of put them in their own class, especially because you have to think when San Antonio gets in the playoffs – with Tony Parker and Pau Gasol playing heavy minutes at point guard and center when Powell gets back healthy, their defense I just don't think is going to be able to hold up against a team like Bolton State. But, um, but we'll find out. I mean, look, if, if, if San Antonio beat them in, in San Antonio next month and wins the first two games in the series, then – I think you'd have to look at them as a team that maybe if they do get in the playoffs could give them a little more trouble than people think.
0: The reason I'm asking you if you think they're all by themselves is because last year, I know there was a sentiment by a lot of different teams that, okay, you have two historically great teams. Like if it were not for the season the Warriors were having, given the record and the point differential of the Spurs, the Spurs would have, I mean, they had one of the greatest NBA seasons ever. And so I think a lot of teams with the trade deadline a week from today thought, you know what? We it, it ain't just one team we can't beat. It's two teams we can't beat. And I don't feel like people view the Spurs that way this year. And so I do wonder if I it agree is with going you. right? And so is it going to change the trajectory of a lot of these teams where they look at the trade deadline and go, "Okay, there's only one team we for sure can't beat." And they may be, you know, somebody tweaks an ankle, something happens, You know, maybe the door opens, but the fact that there were two teams last year, you know, I think maybe teams didn't pull the trigger on deals that they might have if there was only one team. And so, do you think it makes for a more active trade deadline? You know, we just saw it open up in the East, where I think a lot of teams are going to go, hey, man, Kevin Love's out for a month and a half. We got a shot now to get a good seed or maybe even a better seed. And we already saw Toronto pull the trigger. Do you think maybe the West is a lot more active because teams below uh the warriors think there's only one team we for sure would be the big big underdogs too
1: that's a really good question Vernal. my my guess just thinking about it right now is no and really the only reason why is less to do with the fact that um teams don't see that opening and more that I, i just don't know among those teams you know from two to seven you know those those six teams that are definitely in the playoffs after, um, after Golden State barring something crazy happening. I, I just don't know how many bullets those teams have to, to, to fire off in terms of getting somebody in a trade, right? Like you kind of go down the list of those teams, and the Spurs never make in-season trades. Uh, Houston doesn't really have a lot of tradable assets at this point. Um, they want to spend money this summer, so I, I don't think they're really going to take on anybody. Um, you know, the Clippers have talked about going after Carmelo. I just don't really see that happening. And short of that move, I don't really know what they can do. Um, and then, you know, like Oklahoma City and Memphis, both are pretty, you know, strapped in terms of assets. And Utah doesn't do much. So I think the teams see that opening. And I think all those teams would say, if we get the right draw, we think we can make a run and at least get to the Western Conference Finals. But I don't really know. If any of those teams are going to really have the assets and the and the the willingness to pull off the kind of deal that you're you're talking about,
0: it feels like the Clippers would be the one. Like I think they need so they need some more toughness, and maybe if they got another defender, like maybe you move a Crawford or a player like that, right? Because he would have value. To I said, somebody yeah, else. not
1: re- not re- not really. He doesn't have a ton of value at this point. I mean, he, he you know he's thirty six, thirty seven. You got to pay him again. Uh, 13, 14 million next year. Then he's got a couple million guaranteed the year after that. Um, I mean that's the thing. Like you look at this offer, the Clippers are offering for Carmelo. It's essentially three bench players that add up to 28 million dollars for Carmelo Anthony. Like it's it's not. They're not exactly offering a ton. I mean they've already traded a couple first round picks in the future. Like you, you kind of go through their assets and it just doesn't. You know, there's just not a lot there for them to turn around and trade. So, um. I mean, I, th- I agree. I think they need. I think they need a, an injection of something. I just don't really know. Short of if this Carmelo thing happens, which, I, like I said, I don't think it will. I don't know if they have the ammunition to really go get um, to go get somebody that could really make a difference for them.
0: Let's talk about two of those teams that he could feasibly, because of the opportunity, you know, you could look and say, okay, we could win a championship if I went there. And let's just talk about two of them. Would Carmelo make the uh Clippers a bigger threat to the Warriors or the Celtics a bigger threat to the Cavs?
1: Um I don't I don't really know if he would in either case i think he would make the clippers better especially if they're trading him for a bag of balls which is essentially what yeah, um no. which is essentially what they'd be trading him for but well, you know what they talking I about what are they talking better? about
0: like austin rivers and and reddick and, and 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 something else like a, a sweetener well, and that,
1: uh, i mean essentially i think it'd be austin rivers Crawford, and uh and west johnson uh which you know I, I, that obviously makes the clippers better Um, they then have no bench at all and he doesn't really help any of their issues with defense, but, um, but he, he could certainly score for them and score late in games for them and would, would be a nice fit. They could have a three man big rotation with him, Blake and DeAndre being on the court pretty much all the time, which would certainly be interesting, but, um, he would definitely help them. I, I can't see him going to Boston. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he would approve a trade to Boston in the first place. And, you know Boston has big designs on free agency and 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 wants to, you know, wheel and deal with their assets in a different way. It's hard for me to see them kind of committing most of their cap space for this summer to going after Carmelo now, and they could they could go after you know some guys that are going to be on the market like Gordon Hayward and others in uh, in July.
0: And given their recent success, that they have been on such a hot streak, and that you look up and they're just a few games back from the Cavs, does it make it less likely that Boston tries to swing a move in the next week?
1: I think so. I mean, look. I, I think if Boston, uh, I, you know, if Boston could get their hands on Jimmy Butler, I, I could see them making a move like that. Um, but I, I think short of that, I, I just don't. I don't really see them doing much. You know, Boston's history too is that they, you know, there's a lot of talk about them potentially making a blockbuster trade right up until the deadline, and then they don't make one. So, I mean, uh, unless something changes, my my assumption is going to be that they're going to stand pat and ride it out this year and see what they. See how they do in the playoffs, and then you know they'll have a top four pick from the Nets, and they'll have you know Max Caprim to go try to sign a guy like Hayward or somebody else this summer and My guess is that's probably how they try to play it
0: so if you don't think that Carmelo would waive a no trade to Boston, you think he would i mean like maybe what are our choices like either cleveland or or, or the clippers because there's been this sentiment that like okay that's phil pretty jackson's, much it phil jackson's trying to run the guy out of town he wants him to you know he wants him they they all want a clean break no question it's, about that okay so no now that's true. the other side is figuring out where carmelo would go and and that's what we think either one of those two he would waive it to go to cleveland he would waive it to go to the clippers don't you think
1: I think I think so. I, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't guarantee either of those because he yeah. doesn't really like being in New York. And uh, you know, as, as many people have said, I, I think the way Phil Jackson has treated him is kind of, you know, stiffened his resolve to kind of shove it to him and say, "I'm I'm not going anywhere." But I, I do think if if one of those deals was put on the table in front of him and said, "You can go play with LeBron, or you could go play with CP3 in LA," I, 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 I'd be hard pressed to believe that he wouldn't. You know, say, "All right, let's do it." Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't anticipate the Cavs doing that in particular. I, I do think the Clippers thing is possible. I, I just think at the end of the day, there's just too much for them to try to sort out, and it, it's more likely that that situation probably drags on until the summer.
0: And we are, of course, talking about surprisingly All-Star Carmelo Anthony. I was very I, I was i was surprised that he was named because it is i i'm I not too. one of those i'm not one of those that has a big problem with if Carmelo Anthony is a huge star and he gets voted in to the All Star game and that's right. what fans want to see i got no problem with that man the fans get to choose something if they choose they want to see Carmelo Anthony playing in that game. Then that's fine by me, but this is different. Yep. This is a this is not a choice that was made by the fans. So I was a bit perplexed that that took place last night. And I know that you had you had thought it should be Brad Beal. I think a lot of people uh, that have been keeping up with the league this le- uh, year, especially given how he's played recently, given the Wizards' level of success recently, the idea that they should have two All Stars is totally fair. Um, I saw my man Jared Dudley, who was on the Ringer podcast, and I. Think that long ago. Uh really yeah, promoting Brad. You know, he he spoke out about Brad Beal last night. I mean, what do we make of that last night? That was very, very strange, I thought that ooh, you know when it came for an injury replacement for Kevin Love, it was it was Carmelo that got the call.
1: Uh, well, I mean here's the thing. I, I I I did say I thought it should be Bradley Beal. He's been utterly fantastic. The Wizards have won fourteen out of sixteen going into tonight's game against uh Against Indiana to end you know to end their their first half of the season they they've won they've had the best record in the Eastern Conference since December first they've been fantastic and Brad's been a huge part of that so I I would have picked him but Carmelo also for the past two months is averaging something like twenty six six and four in average and three and and shooting like forty three percent from three point range so it, he has been awesome for quite a while and you know I, I don't I don't think it's a, a you know a crime that he got. He got voted in, even as bad as the Knicks have been. I, I like I said, I, I would have, I would have chose Beal instead. But look, at the end of the day, you know Carmelo's a big star, and 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 selfishly, from a a story standpoint, you know as, as fun as it would have been for Brad to be there, you know as a first time All Star. You know the fact is, you know now the NBA has its annual All Star that might get traded at the All Star game, which leads to eighteen thousand stories. And if it wasn't for the fact that you know we have the Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook experience this weekend. You know, the fact that Carmelo would be showing up now and playing on the same team as Kyrie Irving and LeBron James... Uh, would be the only thing that anybody would probably be talking about the next few days.
0: Well, well, and in fairness, he's a front court player, and the, because of how many awesome guards there were, we thought it was it was possible that somebody could get left out of All Star Weekend. But Isaiah Thomas right. made it, and Kemba made it, and John Wall made it, and Kyle Lowry right. made it, and DeRozan made it. And so, if you were replacing Kevin Love, if the idea is we're going to replace him with a front court player, I don't really know. Who else would be strongly in the debate? I mean, there there's nobody that comes to the top of my mind like an Eastern Conference, uh, you know, what would be considered front court guy that is getting screwed by Carmelo Anthony. If you're if you're taking an Eastern Conference front court guy, you know, I, I don't I don't even know who the argument would be. I,
1: yeah, well, I mean, like you would have, I would have made the argument a couple weeks ago for Joel Embiid. He's obviously now hurt. Right. Uh, Chris S. Porzingis is, is, you know, is slumped a bit after a hot start. Jabari Parker was really good. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, I, I don't really buy the, the white side candidacy as some people are pushing. So, yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I, and, and my guess is if you ask the league, what they would say is there's already 17 guards on the roster and, you know, we, we wanted to pick another front court player and Carmelo was the most deserving one, which, you know, like you said, when you break it down that way, it's, it's pretty hard to argue with that logic at that point.
0: Yeah, there's there's really nobody else. I mean, unless you wanted to put right. like uh like a Al Horford in or something, right? Like somebody off of one of the yeah, better and he, teams. And
1: Carmelo's been and Carmelo and Carmelo's been great. Like that's the other thing. Like people, you know, people like to to rag on Carmelo for a lot of reasons, but you you look at the way he in particular has played the last couple months. For mm-hmm. as bad as the Knicks have been, he's the only reason they've been winning any games. Right.
0: Uh, let's speak to that Wizards team. That uh, Brad Beal's not going to be an All Star, so he gets to do the whole big chip on his shoulder the rest of the way he stayed healthy and he has been awesome um and you wrote recently that there you know we saw toronto get the piece uh when they when they acquired Ibaka earlier this week um the wizards don't have a lot of assets they're starting fives really good and then we look at their bench and it's like okay what kelly Oubre and marcus thornton and just whoever right um but I, I got the sense that you feel like yes, they are winning a ton of games right now. But they need to add one more thing in order for them to be a team that we could see getting into a sixth, seventh game in the highest leverage situations. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, no, it's totally fair. I, I think you, I think you summed that up well, Verno. I mean, you, you, they have maybe you know they have one of the best lineups in the league. They're they're starting with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter. Marquis Forrest and, and Marcin Gortat has been one of the very best lineups in the entire league this year. Um, it's played, I think he's played the most minutes of any five, five-man five lineup in the league. It's a hugely positive lineup. They, they've been just destroying teams all season. And, you know, their bench has not been very good. Kelly Oubre, second-year forward out of Kansas, has been really good. He's um, taken really big strides for them, uh, which has helped a lot. Uh, Yamahimi, who was their big three-eighth signing, has not played at all. Um you know, they, they tried Marcus Thorn for a little while. They That experiment ended. They've been playing Trey Burke. That hasn't gone very well. Like, they've gone through a lot of guys. I mean, they've, they've actually got some decent production lately from Jason Smith as a backup big before Yamahimi came back. But, you know, yeah, they, they need they need another guy off the bench, particularly a score. You know, because whenever Brad, whenever Brad or John go to the bench, they really struggle. And, you know, you're, the uh, – you know the 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 guy who runs the, uh, the the pod network that we're on right now. your, your got Bill Simmons uh, this morning as a, a Celtics fan tweeted out that he wants Lou Williams to go anywhere but the Wizards. And you know there have been people within the league who have been saying to me for a couple weeks, you know Lou Williams makes a lot of sense for uh, you know for for Washington. Go get him. You know be that be that score on the second unit when when those guys take a break. You know come in and kind of prop that group up and. You know, it, it would not shock me at all if the Wizards go out and get somebody like that because um, for people that don't know outside of Washington, there's not a single Washington professional team among the four, four teams that play, the, the, the Redskins, the Capitals, the Nationals, and the Wizards, that's made a conference championship round like the, the semifinals of the a, of a playoffs in almost 20 years. And which is, which is kind of unbelievable that they haven't had one team even get more than, like, one series into the playoffs in, uh, in any sport. So, you know, if Washington could get a player like Lou Williams or somebody like that to make an impact and make a deep playoff run, that would be a hugely impactful thing for that franchise. So, you know, you, like you said, that Serge Ibaka trade I thought was a pretty good trade for Toronto. You know, if, 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 but if Washington can get another piece, you know, you look at those three teams, and and any one of them could then get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And like I said, that'd be a that'd be a pretty huge thing for both the Wizards and the city.
0: It appears what I'm looking at right now that the Wizards have their pick, which would be slotted as of right now. I believe yes, at, they do at 22nd. Would you give up your first round pick and something to get Lou Williams?
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I think I think that makes sense. I mean, if you if you give up a you know a late first round pick, they'd probably They'd probably tell the Lakers to take Andrew Nicholson's contract back, which, if I'm the Lakers, I do, because you get a first-round pick for Lou. And um, yeah, I think a trade like that makes sense for both teams.
0: I wonder if they could get more than that for Williams. I don't know. I mean, it seems like that'd be pretty good value if you got a you know a player like not a dead body, right? Which we're not. Uh, Nicholson's not a dead body. Um,
1: well, Andrew Nicholson went to my college in Bonaventure, so he you ain't, you ain't gonna get a, any negative words <laughs> about him out of me. I can promise I mean, you I mean, that. Yeah, but I mean if you're if
0: you're the Lakers, would you do a first rounder and him? I don't know. You might be able to get better than that. You might be able to get a better player I I, and a pick. I, I don't know. I
1: don't I'd be I'd be maybe. I, I don't I don't think there I don't think there are a ton of teams that are gonna be uh that are gonna be in the market for Lou. I, I would say if they could get a first rounder, they should do it. Now now who knows? Maybe somebody will offer a better pick than that or a better player than that. But I mean to me, if you're the Lakers and and you're in the situation you're in, you gladly take another first round pick and you just keep you just keep building because they, I mean, they don't, they're, they're, they're tearing things down and, and starting over. And I, I just, you know, I think they should get, get what they can and, and move on. But, um, you know, whether it's him or somebody else, you know, I, I you know, Washington's definitely been looking around and I, I think over the next week, you know, you're, I, I'll be pretty surprised if, you know, by, by this time next week, or I guess in a few hours from, from now on, a week, when the trade deadline is passed, I'll be pretty surprised if Washington hasn't found a way to upgrade that bench and give them a little more pop um, going into the playoffs to try to to try to make that playoff run.
0: That's what you wonder, right? Because we've already seen Toronto, who is right now as of as of recording the four seed in the Eastern Conference, and those two teams ahead of them. You've got, I mean, the, I, I'd be surprised if both of them or either of them stood pat completely. Going into this trade deadline, it feels like there's something that's going to be cooking for both you know like the arms race has started, and so now now it's the Celtics and the wizards move
1: yeah I, I'm a little less uh I'm a little more skeptical that that Boston does something um i i just I have a feeling they're probably just going to hang on to their assets and and see what see what happens this summer i mean if they can you know, I if I were them, I would I would be willing to trade. You know, they've got a whole bunch of first round picks. Like they've got you know picks in like 2019 from the Clippers and the, the Grizzlies, and they, they got a bunch of stuff. I mean, I, I would be I would be interested in trying to get Todd Gibson if I were them. Like I think if they could get you know another big to go without Horford, that would that like a guy like Todd Gibson, even though he's on an aspiring contract, that that could really be you know an interesting piece for them. It could help them a lot. So. You know, if they could they could move say Amir Johnson and maybe their own first round pick this year, which especially if they have the Nets pick, which is like I don't know, gonna be mid to late twenties. I mean if they if they could do something like that and like like Toronto did and get a get a guy that can really help them, you know, if they could get a guy like Todd Gibson, they could make a deep run. But if I had to guess, I would say that Boston stands pat and, and says, We'll see what we can get this summer and we like our team now and and Washington finds a way to get some bench piece, whether it's a guy like Lou or or somebody else to try to to try to strengthen themselves a little bit.
0: Let me ask you about the Western Conference. And right now, outside there, there is a huge gap between seven and eight. Um, but eight is, as of today, occupied by the Denver Nuggets. Um, Denver is a game and a half up on Sacramento. They're two games up on Portland. They're two and a half games up on New Orleans. They're three games up on Dallas, and they're three and a half up on Minnesota. So you have all these teams that are going to be vying for the eight seed that are all within three and a half games of each other. And then we're just counting out. We're saying the Lakers don't have a chance and the Suns don't have a chance, right? So you've got six teams all that are going to be competing for that eight seed in these last 25 or so games of the season. Who do you like?
1: Uh, I would say Denver. And, and to go back to what we were just talking about, this is part of the problem for um, for teams like Washington and Boston. Like all, like, all of those teams, other than maybe Denver, should be trying to get assets and building for the future because they are not doing anything this year. But – all of those teams, for the most part, still think they can make the playoffs, and so it's kind of led to this weird situation where, with say, 23 to 25 teams thinking they can make the playoffs a week before the trade deadline, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to um, to try to get uh, some some of these teams to give up players to try to you know strengthen some of these playoff teams. But um, to go back to your question, I, I think Denver is the best of those teams. I think Portland's going to fall off after trading Mason Plumlee uh, to Denver. And I think as long – you know, Denver's pretty banged up right now, and they're still ahead of those teams. And I think once they get everybody healthy, you know, which the All-Star break should help with, they might all – they're a team also that I could see making a trade to try to get somebody, you know, over the next week. I mean, they they want to make the playoffs. They've got a young core, and, you know, that's a team that doesn't do necessarily that well at the box office. So if they could get the eighth seed and – and get some get some revenue from a couple of playoff games, they would be pretty excited about that. So uh, if I had to pick one of those teams to make it, I, I think at the end of the day, Denver's the one that gets in. All
0: right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about this upcoming All-Star weekend and also a story that Tim has coming out in the Washington Post later today that will be of uh, great interest to you. Today's NBA show brought to you by Simply Safe. As important as home security is, it shouldn't come at the expense of signing your life away via a confusing long-term contract. Thankfully, there's a smarter way to protect your home. Simply Safe home security. These are the guys I trust. Built by Harvard-educated engineer to make you safer. Simply Safe provides professional monitoring with police dispatch, so your home is safe around the clock. Plus, it's wireless and portable with cellular connection built in, so there's no lines that can be cut by potential intruders and. Simply Safe 24/7 protection is just 15 bucks a month, so you get superior service for almost a third of what most places charge. Best of all, there's no annual contracts, no middlemen, and you're not locked into anything. It's unbeatable protection, a great value, and there's no contracts. So protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafe.com/ringer to get 10% off your system today. Go now. That's simplysafe.com/ringer. All right, Tim. So you're going to be headed down to All Star Weekend. Um, are there any of the extracurricular things outside of the interviews and the actual All Star game that you care about? Do you care about the dunk contest, the three point contest, the skills, the celebrity game, any of the uh, any of the outside stuff that is going on? Nope. <laughs> I thought the I thought that great. Hey, I thought the dunk contest last year was spectacular. Last year was incredible.
1: It, it was incredible. incredible. It was okay. incredible. It and was then so I, much fun.
0: I went and looked. I don't care about DeAndre Jordan dunking, honestly. Like I I just I really don't. Glenn Robinson the third, I never really thought of as some kind of amazing dunker. And Derek Jones right. Jr. I mean, I, I everybody. There is going to be an audible who on Saturday night. That kid, like,
1: that kid, I, that kid is supposed to be a crazy dunk.
0: I know, I've heard so, that. So,
1: so we'll, so we'll see, we'll see if he lives up to it. I mean, if if you're a guy, no, like you said, if you're a guy no one's ever heard of and you're in the dunk contest, you better bring it, because you're you're clearly only there because people think you can really bring it. Now, he is supposed to be, he is supposed to be interesting. And look, it would be fun. I will say this, you know, the dunk contest, it, you know, it, it always depends year to year. It can change. Like some years it's really terrible. And then some years like last year you could argue last year's dunk contest was as good as any ever. Um, but if that kid, like Derek Jones Jr., he comes out and, and has a few dunks and, and really becomes like a, you know, a, an overnight household name, that would be a pretty cool story. So I, I will say that, I will say that that, that'll be fun. And the, and even though it's dumb, the fact that they do the skills challenges, big guys against little guys, is kind of fun to watch for five minutes too. Would you so, say? I mean, be. I'm trying. To, I was
0: trying to think back to like the the least accomplished guy, right? That has won the, the slam dunk contest. We've had a good run here. Where this would be like yeah, that's Jeremy. Actually, won it. No, this would be like Jeremy yeah, Evans. It'd be
1: like, yes, I was gonna. I was gonna yeah. say Jeremy Evans is probably the best. The best comparison. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or I, well, yeah. Fred Fred Jones is up there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah! I forgot Fred Jones won the All-Star game. God, I forgot Fred Jones was in the league for a minute. <laughs> Fred Jones. I had, to I, think, mean, I had to think about that.
0: We've had a pretty good run. It's been it's been Levine, Levine, John Wall, Terrence Ross, and then you got the Jeremy Evans one, and then Blake Griffin. You had the two Nate Robinsons. You had Dwight Howard, Gerald Green. You know, I mean, again, he's had a career. Yeah, this would probably right. be either well, even. I mean, this would go if if Derek Jones Jr. could pull it off, he would go in the pantheon with uh, Jeremy Evans and. Oh, he'd be Frank,
1: he'd be at the top. He'd Frank be Jones. at the top, though. I mean, because he, he he this guy this guy's played like two games in a league. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he like he literally got signed like a month ago, and then was like in the dunk contest, so uh, <laughs> out of the D League. So yeah, no, it'd be it'd be it'd be that would be a cool story. I I am. I am curious to see what he does. So I will amend that and say that. That is one, that is one thing I'm, I'm mildly curious about outside of the game and the, uh, the antics I'm sure we're about to talk about. Well,
0: and the super interesting thing, right, is that I, didn't, I don't remember him at all from college. He played at UNLV, but I don't recall him. He only played one season there at UNLV. And so unfamiliar with his work even from, from college.
1: Yeah, no, me too. I, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see him. I, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see. I just, like I said, I just, yeah. you know, he's he's known to be a huge leaper. So we'll see. We'll see if he can pull off some. Well,
0: and and if Gordon can do anything even close to last year, listen, the one where he jumped over the guy's head with both legs, was the, that is a, that is one of the craziest dunks in the history. Oh of the, yeah, totally. Of the world.
1: Totally bonkers. Totally bonkers. I
0: really don't know if there. Sure. I bet there's five guys in the history of man that could do that. <laughs>
1: I mean both legs. I mean, like that was outrageous. I, I know that I know that I know that I I know that I could not. I know that. And I know that not many other people could. so yeah, five 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 seems like a pretty good number.
0: Skills competition. Uh though you don't care, here we go. We got we do have big guys in it. We have Davis Cousins, Jokic, uh, we have Devin Booker, we have John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Porzingis, and Gordon Hayward. It kind of feels like Isaiah Thomas's deal, him or John wall right because they're super fast and it's really about knocking down the three I think the the big guys are at a disadvantage in this thing, you know when it's a timed deal
1: yeah i would th- I would think so, I would think so my, my I would say Isaiah probably probably is probably the best pick um John's a little quicker, but but Isaiah's a better shooter, so um you know I, I think one of those guys is probably the best of that Last year, Carl Towns won, and they, the way they do it is they have pigs against Littles, and then they have the, they have a runoff at the end. So, Right. Um, you know, it, it really just comes down to who makes the shot first on the, the second run-through. So, you know, like Jokic is Jokic is a pretty phenomenally skilled player, but he also is slow as molasses. So, you know, he, he'll probably do everything right on the first try. It might just take him longer. But, it, it, like you said, the fact that they switched to that format, like when it was all point cards, it wasn't really much to pay attention to. But I... I, I do think it's kind of fun, especially now with the way the league has gone, that they do have um, they do have these these big guys out there doing this stuff and kind of showcasing their talents a little bit.
0: Why is Steph not doing the three point contest?
1: I think he's just decided he'd rather take it easy this weekend. I mean, he was talking last night about how um, after last night's game about how he was uh, he was looking forward to not really doing anything but the game this weekend and just kind of. You know, keeping a lower profile and just kind of relax and enjoying the weekend. And I think, you know, I think given everything he's been through the last couple of years, I think for him to kind of go there and fade into the background a little bit, just just hang out and enjoy the weekend, I think was pretty appealing to him.
0: Okay, all right, but Clay's going to do it. You got Clay, Lowry, uh, Eric Gordon, Nick Young, Kyrie Irving, C.J. McCollum, Kemba Walker, West Matthews. Who you
1: like? I got to go with Clay. Got to go with Clay Thompson. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys. I mean, the, the three point contest has kind of become the glamour event. I mean, a lot of a lot of star players usually do that every year now. Um, but I, I think if, you know, I, I I take Clay Thompson against just about anybody in the world except for maybe Steph in a, in a shooting contest. So, you know, my guess is my guess is Clay will walk away with it.
0: Yeah, that's probably so. I mean, like there there are those guys that do those drills where you have to shoot 150 at each spot, or I'm sorry, 20 at each spot. And those guys, like, routinely hit over 90 when they're doing that drill. Which oh, it's is just, crazy. It's I mean, crazy. No, I, there's, there's a guy like that that I see on a regular basis, Troy Daniels, who is not nearly the yeah. player, obviously, either one of them is. But, I mean, I'm telling you, Tim, I watch this guy. Like, He's a shooter, when,
1: though. When
0: you see guys that can do that and hit, like, 88 to 95 of these out of 100, like, there are stretches where they will hit 50 or 60 in a row. And it's like, what is going on here, man? Like they don't miss. It's for Absolutely that. crazy. Uh, it is crazy, crazy. Um, people, have, right.
1: people have no idea. People have no idea how talented these NBA players are. Like they, they, they do. But like, when it's like you said, if you get a chance to ever see these guys in a practice setting, they're just kind of casually going, you know, in their work in. Like the number, the number of shots they'll make in a row is is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Well, and to, just to speak on that on the Daniels thing, right? He's a bench player on a, on, a, on a good team in the NBA, but I mean, he can hit ninety out of a hundred of those shots. And then, like the other day, he just he banked thirteen in a row just for fun. Like he just banking them for fun, That's right. You know what I mean? like, right? 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 Uh, I mean, and, and you step up and you try to take that shot. Hell, you saw Stephen A. Smith try to take it the other day <laughs> when James <laughs> Harden tweeted it out. Exactly it ain't right. that easy. Which, by the no, way, have you, have, have you ever been around him, Stephen A? I have. Okay. Uh, for people out there, I will tell you, it was very jarring to me. Yeah, I, I, I've met the guy uh, several times now. He's always been great to me. So let me get that out of the way. The second thing is, uh, the, fir- the first time you meet him, it is jarring how big he is. He's tall. Yeah, he's not a small guy. No, he's No, 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 no. Stephen A. Smith is tall, tall. Like as compared to yeah. you know, normal people, and like compared to me, he's, yeah, he's gigantic.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, I'm six. I'm six four. He's the same height as me, probably. He might be. It might be a shade taller. He's around the same height. But, but yeah, I mean, he's not a small guy. He doesn't. He doesn't look out of place in a locker room.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Even though, listen, I, I give him. I give him a pass on that air ball. Harden did him wrong for posting that.
1: Last uh, thing. I mean, it, listen. It's all right. <laughs>
0: who amongst us it's it's a hey it's a long shot <laughs>
1: a long shot 23 feet 9 inches is very far away from the basket when you when you're standing out there with the ball you're like man this is this is a this is a, a ways to get this ball up there
0: they make it They make it look so easy, all right, last thing you have a story coming out of The Washington Post. Maybe by the time people are listening to this podcast, it will probably already be out and you did a long story on Tim Hardaway, not Tim Hardaway Jr, who is currently in the league, but the father uh, who was once part of the great TMC teams uh, in uh, run TMC teams in Golden State. And then 10 years ago was in the middle of real controversy when he went on Dan Levitard's show after the John Amici book came out and had some uh, anti-gay statements that he made um, that did not go over well at all. And then what's happened with Tim Hardaway? And I guess you went to go try to figure it out.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's I want I don't want to give away too much because I'm not quite sure the story will be either out uh, today or tomorrow. So I don't, I don't want to spoil it for people. But um, I think I think people will be very curious to read about Tim. You know, it's funny. You know, I, before I really went and dug into this story, uh, you know, you, people kind of forget how good a player Tim Hardaway was. I mean, he was a five time All Star. He's a five time All NBA player. Um, you know, was was a borderline MVP candidate in Miami after blowing his knee out. Which you know now doesn't seem like such a huge thing, but back then, twenty years ago, people didn't come back from blowing their knee out. Um, that, so that was a pretty huge deal. And then, you know, obviously, like you said, after his career is over, you know, people now a lot of people just remember for those comments he made ten years ago. And you know, since then, Tim has done a lot of work to to try to change that and to try to um, you know advocate for some of the people that you know at the time he spoke out against. And you know, he, it's it's a really I think it's a really interesting story, and I think it's a, uh, a testament to the fact that people, uh, if they're willing to, can you know, kind of think about you know, their views on things and can change them over time. And So I, I hope people will take the time to, uh, to read it and think about it. Where is he? He's in Detroit. Works for Stan Van Gundy now, who used to be assistant coach in Miami. He's an assistant coach, I understand, uh, in Detroit. He uh, has been there since uh, Stan got there in 2014.
0: Wow. All right. And so, uh, and he was more than willing to talk to you about all of this, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. About his career and about that. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of owned the whole thing. He's gone out and like I said, he's, he's really gone out of his way to try to, um, to try to, you know, make a difference and, and, uh, you know, shine a different light on this stuff that he has in the past. And, you know, the the story's kind of pegged to Tim, you know, likely being a finalist for the Hall of Fame again. Uh, that that'll be announced part of all-star weekend every year is they announce the finalists for the hall of fame Saturday. And so they're going to announce, you know, this week, you know, the finalists for that. And Tim, you know, I think should should get in the hall of fame at some point. I, I, I believe and I think he will probably be a finalist this year and could make it this year. And um, I, I just think the whole story, especially, you know, not to get political, but especially given everything that's going on in the country right now, I think it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting story as somebody, you know, looking at looking at something that happened with them, and and you know, deciding to to try to you know change their views on things and, and change the way people think about something.
0: Tim, I have a wonderful time in New Orleans. If I, if on Sunday I pull up TMZ, what party should I look for you in the background? You getting into any parties at All Star? <laughs>
1: I don't know about that, man. I, I I'm gonna try to keep myself out of too much trouble. I mean, you know better than anybody. Being in New Orleans, you can get in trouble without having to go to any party. So oh boy, uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'll find my way into something.
0: Oh boy. Well I'll look for you on TMZ.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Hopefully I won't disappoint you, buddy.
0: Have a good time in New Orleans. Thanks, man.
1: All right. Thanks, Fernando. Appreciate right. it, man.
0: You can follow Tim Bontemps on Twitter, at Tim Bontemps. You can follow me, at Chris Vernon Show, if you want to give us any feedback there. Uh, Thanks for listening to another NBA podcast. And uh, if you dig what you're hearing, give us a rating and review on iTunes, and we will talk to you soon.